and welcome to the Thirst Eye Podcast, where we take our ideas, visualize them in our third eye, and bring them into reality so we can talk about them in tangible ways. I'm here with some of my freaks and friends. We're all different agents in this journey to enlightenment. I'm number 19, and you can catch me from 8 p.m. to midnight running from hooded figures in red cloaks. Does anybody have a contact? I think my third eye is opening. Number 13 is here. How can we be real if our eyes aren't real? It's Agent 11. Agent Nun here. You've heard about 789, but have you heard about 369? I'm the Spotify guided meditation track stuck on a loop. I'm the Spotify guided meditation track stuck on a loop. I'm the Spotify guided meditation track stuck on the loop. Number seven. So today on the Thirst Eye podcast, it's our thirst episode. Uh, Cheers in the distance. Um, But yeah, our thirst episode. And today we thought we would dive into the name of our podcast and what that means to us. So we are diving into the third eye, what that means to us, what that means to the rest of the world, and just unpacking that. So, the third eye. Does anybody want to start us off with any anything about the third eye? Yeah, so basically, um, isn't the third eye one of the chakras? Yeah, so the third eye is one of the chakras for sure. So for anyone who doesn't really understand the concept of chakras, chakras are sort of like these energy points in your body. It originated sort of out of India. Your root, your sacral, your solar plexus. I could be saying them wrong. No, I think I'm right. The root, the sacral, the solar plexus, the heart chakra, the throat chakra, the third eye chakra, and then the crown chakra. So the one in particular that we're obviously talking about is the third eye chakra. But the thing about chakras is they kind of all work together for like optimal energy flow through the body and certain chakras um, rule certain parts of your body and also rule different like emotions or functions. So if you have an imbalance in that particular chakra, it can sort of lead to different imbalances within your physical and emotional body. So with the third eye chakra, which I believe the, um, I could be butchering the name, but I believe the actual chakra term is the Ajna, the Ajna chakra, um, because I I suck at these pronunciations. But the third eye, obviously it's, it's located where you would assume the third eye chakra is located, about the forehead area in between your two eyebrows. So with the third eye, its chakras sort of work from both the top down and the bottom up. So our root chakra on our bottom and our bussy sort of keeps us grounded, um, keeps us connected to the earth and is very connected with our base survival instincts of human nature. But our third eye and our higher chakras, so the crown, the only um, chakra above the third eye would be the crown. And the crown is sort of where we get our divine information from. Um, We sort of are receiving the messages from 
the higher realm in our crown chakra and then we're sort of bringing them down into our third chakra and that's when we really start to visualize them and visualize uh, what we're sort of receiving from these higher realms and also that's where we start to sort of bring it into reality because underneath that we have the throat chakra which is where you start like communicating these ideas and making them tangible so that sort of I feel like explains the name of our pod pretty well that's our our goal here is to like visualize things and to bring them into reality so I think that's a good start on like the introduction of chakras in general. Um, does anybody have any like questions or comments? Oh, thank you. Um, that was so informative. Uh, we love having a Hindu in the house. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So like the third eye has like all these different like correspondences. Um, that it like corresponds to like your pineal gland in your body but there's also different symbols that are associated with eyes yeah absolutely I would say that the third eye concept doesn't just exist within the concept of chakras and well one thing I always say is things love to rip off the Vedas which is um, sort of where like the Hindu knowledge comes from so that's sort of where we get the ancient knowledge of like the science of chakras and stuff but um, I, I like to think that the Indians were sort of tapping in to this sort of greater knowledge and you can see that other cultures around the world also have similar ideas of this third eye concept or some sort of eye that is protecting, discerning, witnessing. Um, and those are a lot of things that we sort of attribute to the third eye. But if, if you get into talking about third eyes from a sort of um, new age perspective, I feel like it can be kind of complicated because you sort of get lost within all of these different cultures and concepts and also a lot of just like spiritual mumbo jumbo that's trying to tell you if you open your third eye you're gonna like unlock demons or something so I feel like it's an interesting um concept to navigate because lots of people really understand it and lots of people just are sort of getting misguided information about the third eye yeah it's like um, kind of hard to navigate all this information that we have on the internet that anyone can put information out there and that's great but also anyone could put information out there and like people are like mixing different practices that don't really go together like the whole Christian concept of demons mixing with like Hinduism yeah exactly exactly I feel like there's definitely a misconception about the third eye out there and I'd like to really unpack that today and get into like what we could actually do with our third eye that's good yeah I have a question then um and I'm sort of like I think I have a third eye um it's you know on my forehead um but I think um, I guess my, like, but I'm like, what do you do? Like, what, like, what, like, tell me third eye, like, what can you see? 
I'm like, I'm like, maybe, maybe, maybe it needs bifocals or something. Like the vision's a little foggy. <laughs> the vision's a little foggy. Absolutely. I feel like, uh, I would say a lot of people in this society have their third eye closed, quote unquote. So that's why there's sort of like this interesting discourse around like opening your third eye, quote unquote. Uh, but, but we all have a third eye. It's not like it's like, closed necessarily but when you're talking about chakras you're also talking about is it overactive is it underactive because in the realm of chakras you're sort of trying to see where this imbalance is in your body but uh we all have the third eye and i would say that uh something that we could sort of relate it to is our intuition it's sort of guiding us and it's also sort of like our mind's eye so one of my friends has a conspiracy theory that um, which I don't think it's really a conspiracy theory. I think it's just the truth that your third eye and your mind's eye are the same thing. So when you're trying to visualize something in your brain, um, you can actually visualize it. You can see a picture of it if you really try. And that could sort of give you, um, if you can visualize something in your head, you could sort of like visualize it and bring it into reality. So that's another thing about the third eye. Um, yeah, there, there's like a, this more tangible aspect where we can actually visualize things in our heads and through meditation and whatnot, we can strengthen this sort of like visualizing element and um, and that will thus like strengthen our intuition and things of that nature. Because another thing that people think about with third eye is um, like seeing ghosts, seeing spirits, seeing the future. There's sort of like this psychic element and I personally don't believe if you open your third eye, quote unquote, these things are gonna happen. But if there's also like rituals and whatnot where you can force open your third eye. And I think that's where people have problems because if you're not ready to sort of become in tune with this, it can really aggravate you, especially and make you very like mentally ill if you are sort of like connecting with this higher realm without being really grounded and understanding it but yeah i think the biggest thing is your intuition and i think we all have intuition i think we like to act like that only certain people are intuitive or certain people are psychic or whatever but we all have that within us and i think it's just an organ we sort of need to like train and um get get to use because it's it's innate within our human nature and i feel like it's something we've just sort of lost over time you brought up um how if you don't do the necessary work then you could go crazy which is something that is valid but um if you look up third eye on youtube then you'll see all this scaremongering and like really fear-based thought which um just contradicts the whole point of doing that work and um the chakras kind of follow the same structure as the maslow's hierarchy of needs where you have to meet your material needs first to make sure that you're safe first which is like the root and then you keep on going higher and higher um building up exactly i feel like you can try to open your third chakra all you want but if your root chakra isn't grounded you're gonna feel crazy and i know this from personal experience just because i've always had problems with my root chakra if you are like a fairly anxious person that might be something that you're also struggling have been struggling with throughout your life 
and yeah they suggest that you really should work on those lower chakras first and i my upper chakras have always been maybe overactive so that's sort of where you run into problems because yeah you can feel very ungrounded if you're constantly thinking about these sort of like spiritual metaphysical concepts and you don't have a way to ground them into real life it can be really overwhelming so when i see people doing these quote like third eye opening like youtube video meditation whatever like yes a lot of that is fear-mongering but i do believe that you should be careful with yeah what you're exposing yourself to because you don't know the intentions of people like creating these videos or meditations uh, because for the most part i don't think you should be afraid of your intuition and yourself and your third eye but if you are if you have bad intentions if you're trying to do it to maybe unlock some sort of spiritual power yeah i, I feel like you it's all about intention so if you are just trying to like have fun and like see something crazy, I don't think you're gonna like the third eye experience you have necessarily. Does anybody else want to say something? Twinkle, twinkle, little eye, how I wonder how to fly. Right. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be soaring with my third eye. Yeah. Um. Also, isn't the third eye also, like, associated with, like, astral projection, too? I never thought about that, but I feel like it probably is. I don't know. I've, I've never really looked up the association between the third eye and astral projection, because I feel like when you astral project, they sort of say that's your soul just, like, stepping outside of your body, but then wouldn't you be dead? So maybe it is just like your third eye is projecting, like you're visualizing yourself outside of your body. I don't know, because I think that sort of goes into the, pen, 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 I can I could never say it, the pineal gland or the pineal gland or <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> your little brain, your little brain PP. Um, that's the thing where they say you supposedly uh, is what connects with the divine. So that's sort of, where the information streams in from the crown chakra and like projects through the third eye chakra. So if you are new to the concept of the third eye, you might see lots of things like, oh, like decalcify your pineal gland, like open your third eye. There's a lot of conspiracy theories that think that um, the government wants to clog this gland in our brain because it's supposedly what connects us with these more like intuitive, empathetic, spiritual concepts. So um, they say that they put like fluoride in the water and toothpaste and things like that to sort of calcify that gland. Uh, so that's sort of like a conspiracy theory you might see about the third eye. I guess I could see where you like, where that would make sense that like our um, tyrannical government is using any means it can to just make sure that everyone is asleep you know, and that people don't realize that we're living in a simulation. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's, it's sort of trying to control free creative thought because if the masses are enlightened, uh, they won't buy into what 
the elite playing or trying to say to us or like the agenda they're trying to control us to go along with. There's very much um, the forces that be, whether you want to think it's a conspiracy theory or not, are very much trying to divide us. So I feel like that was very much my introduction to conspiracy theories when I found that when I was like 13. But I really do want to believe that in certain ways because it's not surprising. And whether or not you want to buy into the whole chakra thing, if that sounds like a little out there to you. But the fact is that regardless of whether you want to believe in the concept of the third eye or not, there's definitely... Um, we're trying to control the uh, enlightenment of our people, I feel like. Yeah, and especially because a third eye is so closely tied with visualizing, and that if people can't visualize a reality outside of this current system that we live in, then how are people supposed to like even have that concept that it's possible? Exactly, exactly. And another symptom of an imbalanced third eye chakra is uh, sort of being unwilling to look at the truth and see the reality of things, or your vision can become clouded. We are full of like fear and criticism, but the more awakened third eye has sort of this spiritual awareness. It's open to change. Um, it's aware of like the cycles of life endings and beginnings and is very like in control with its fear so I you can definitely tell just by those descriptions that we're living in a society of unbalanced uh, thirst eye chakras instead of balanced third eye chakras we live in a goddamn society (laughs) (laughs) period And another thing to talk about third eyes is, um, I guess, meditation, healing, connection. Because I feel like another thing is, in, in, in this society that we live in, uh, we sort of have to decondition ourselves from whatever bullshit we grew up with. No, no matter how like wonderful your childhood is, there's always going to be things that like sort of stick in your brain and um, as sort of like bad experiences. And I feel like we're all constantly trying to deprogram that and to sort of uh, heal that for our inner child and just become better people. And I could see with the third eye, you sort of have to like visualize your younger self and sort of send it love. And so that sort of, again, plays into the concept of your mind's eye visualizing. There's a lot of power in thought that we don't want to recognize. And I think, that, again, that's an, another thing that's trying to be hidden from us by the elite is that we have more power than we think we do. We hold it all within us. We are all spiritual beings. Um, we are all born spiritual beings. We all have like this innate power within us. We just forget it and we're forgetting how to connect with it. But if we keep visualizing this world that we want, if we keep visualizing these good things, and then other people are doing that too, the power of visualization is incredibly powerful. Yeah, and it's even more powerful when um, you visualize with someone else because you're combining both of your energies. And that's why like 
they want everyone to be divided into their own little boxes where people don't unite and visualize something that isn't this system that we live in, this society. Right, right. We're very divided. We want to think of things as black and white. You're either this, either believe this or you believe that. And then we want to think that another person, because they aren't fitting the certain idea that you're fitting, that they must be like totally, completely against everything you ever believe in. But in reality, things aren't black and white. They're a spectrum of grays. And we probably have a lot more in common with people than we could ever realize, but we're not seeing that because we're being divided. Uh, but if we really like have these conversations, talk about, um, again, visualizing our ideal futures, you can probably see that a lot of people, we want the same things. Like, I don't, I don't think people hate people so much that they're purposefully like trying to like, I mean, actually, never mind. I was going to say, I don't think people purposefully want to like oppress people. I, I would say that's the, the powers that be probably want to oppress people, but you're just your average other human being who has like a different opinion than you. I don't think they necessarily want to do that. And I think it's all about just having, having these conversations. But yeah, if, if someone is, if the system is telling you that someone else is your enemy, you're going to believe that. But in your third eye, you can tap into this empathy. You can tap into understanding where other people are coming from, regardless of if you agree with it or not. And from there, you can sort of deal with that in a compassionate way and be like, listen, like, I disagree with you. I believe in this. And from there, you can have a conversation and start to unpack things and visualize that future we're talking about. So I, I'm sort of interested in this idea of the I um, itself as a sort of interesting symbol on which, uh, on which a sort of spiritual connection, um, enlightenment is is built. Um, I mean, earlier in the podcast, um, we talked about how there's a lot of stuff circulating about the third eye, and a lot of it is sort of new age spiritual mumbo jumbo, um, sort of not paying attention to a sort of Hindu origin or like having any bearing on a sort of histor historical significance of the eye. But I think it's sort of appointed that it is an eye because I think, I mean, this is probably why there's so much nonsense about it because it's an inherently perceiving organ. It's what through which we see, which I think a lot of people outside of like, like can't really imagine what it is to not have this sort of like rush of light and color in a sort of sensory experience and so it's like so easily used as a metaphor to another like plane of existence it's why like we think of like a blindness before sight as a sort of metaphor for enlightenment as well um and i wonder then like where 
it maybe becomes if 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 there's something to be said about the existence even the existence of an alternate way of perception um that is like a sort of vision i i don't know if that was a question that made any sense <laughs> i get what you're saying but what exactly is the question um like if the fact that like the sort of conspiracies that the government is trying to like keep our people blinded from the truth um speaks to um this idea of its vision but it's like a vision that's unlike a sort of sensory vision like it's um the experience like the third eye is is a way of tapping into another sense yeah like we have tasting touching smelling and then like eyes are sight um and then there's this like alternate dimension that like we maybe think exists and that's why yeah. the, the um, third eye is almost perceived as our sixth sense by a lot of people how we have like our five senses but there's this idea of like a sixth psychic sense and i think that's that's very much um kind of hijacked the idea of a third eye and yeah i don't know i feel because like because we I, have the third eye and the sixth sense and the ultimate nine the ultimate nine i i, I don't understand um the nine's numerology knowledge but we'll touch on that one day we'll just do the 369 episode um but yeah i don't know i feel like i understand what you're saying and i feel like the idea of the sixth sense is very much real because there's this definite perception outside of ourselves and with outside of the obvious senses that we do have um like there is this like intuition because I, I don't know i feel like that's a good a good word to sort of lump in with the third eye is intuition and like i said i do feel like we all have this intuition this inner knowing and sort of that is what um is sort of kind of trying to being hid from us we are very in tune beings we're in tune with the earth we're in tune with ourselves we're in tune with our bodies we're in tune with the cosmos and um as a sixth sense i i, I like how you talked about how um we're, with our eyes we're perceiving this colorful world of everything around us but with our third eye i feel like we're almost like perceiving the darkness of the void and that's why it's not like an actual eye that exists on our face because it's not seeing something that actually physically can be seen by us in this form we're in now so it's sort of um it's sort of picking up these unmanifest things in the void that are about to be manifest and it's sort of sensing these things or it's sensing what the divine has to communicate with us whether we want to say the divine is god or the divine is just the universe itself that there's just certain there's sort of like a record i want to think of everything that has ever existed up in the stars somewhere some people might want to call it the akashic records i really don't know the actual like history and origin on that term but i do believe that there is sort of 
within everything, there's this blueprint of the universe. And I feel like that's sort of what we're tapping into. This uh, cosmic knowledge, this cosmic sense of oneness. Okay, I have a second question then. If, does that sort of suggest that like the third eye presupposes fate? That's interesting. I feel like fate question is like a difficult thing to ponder because I feel like most people could agree that in this life there's there's a combination of fate and free will at hand and some people want to believe one outweighs the other. I believe there's very much fate. We do have a little bit of free will and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like it's hard to say because life life is a mystery and I feel like that's why intuition isn't exactly an exact science because it's very much how you feel in your gut like deep down but I would say that I don't know I, I, I feel like somewhere if you think about it this is kind of getting far out there but time exists now but so does everything that's ever existed like time isn't linear so supposedly what existed thousands of years ago and what's existing thousands of years in the future is all happening at once it's all happening at one moment so from that perspective if it's all happening at one it's all being written in this exact moment so if it's happening now we know what's happening because it's happening now everything is constantly now 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 um you're never not going to be living in the now so i i think that sort of ties into the concept of fate and that there is sort of like this written but unwritten sort of script of what's going to happen or what has already happened but it's i feel like it's hard to rationalize that with the concept of time and even if you look just at the material world the concept of fate is tied into the circumstances in which you were born because we're born into a family that um, was from, like, you were born into a family, you were born into a social class, you were born into a geographical location, you were born into a time period, and all of those go into that. Yeah, I'm one to believe that the, the circumstances we are in now aren't just accidental and that we all have certain things to learn from this incarnation and that we were all sort of given this exact circumstance to sort of teach us the lessons that our soul wants to learn. So yeah, earlier you were talking about the void and how there's like certain things that you can only perceive through your third eye and your physical eyes can't perceive that. And that reminds me of like, my one of my first experiences that I had that was I guess like a delic but since I was like a kid I wasn't on any drugs for that but I just like organically had this experience where I was thinking about the size of the universe which is something that freaks me out like just huge things that I can't comprehend how big they are like whales scare me and like planets thinking about how big the solar system is that like freaked me out so I was like okay let's go into that and so like I literally felt the size of the universe while I was laying in bed one night and then um I was like well what the heck and so like I had an ego death 
at like 10. Um, <laughs> does anybody else have any quirky experiences like that? So I have an experience, but I don't know if it's exactly like that. Um, when I was 15 or 16, around that age, my family was coming back from a trip and we were like driving um, like through the countryside to get back home. And you know how like the countryside has like just like fields of like grass and like like random farmhouses and stuff and barns just like spread out and all of that stuff. I always fall asleep in the car, so I was asleep. And but like I was still looking out the window, and um, I could like just see everything that our car was passing at the same speed our car was going, even though I was asleep. And like I could see the grass and the barns and everything. And after a while, it stopped and everything like just went dark or turned to nothing or something. I don't really know how to explain it. When the, like, I guess after it turned to nothing, like I felt this like looming, like something just felt like it was getting closer and I didn't want it to get closer. And it, and I was getting scared. And then, um, so I started um, like screaming for my dad to help me and I like I was like dad dad like help me and I like reached out my arm to grab him because like he was driving and he was in the driver's seat but um my eyes are still closed at this point like I'm still like asleep and I'm like screaming screaming myself awake so and the mo like when I opened my eyes I noticed like our car had stopped and we were like parked in a parking lot and like my dad had like turned around to like reach his hand back towards me but i had grabbed his arm before my eyes were open and i think that like the slowing down of our car and like stopping like like i could i think i could feel it and it like scared me like i thought that i think that's what i thought was gonna get me or something that we were going slower but yeah that's so that's um my experience can you understand that Come through Silent Hill. <laughs> right, right. What? I've never played Silent Hill, so I don't know what you're talking about. Just like creepy vibes. I don't know. Yeah, it's just the vibes. It was very bad. Yeah, for sure. That had bad vibes? I'm I'm sorry. No, I mean Silent Hill's kind of a cool creepy vibe. Like, I'm, I'm here for it. I don't know, I feel like, I'm trying to think of if any of my experiences actually like relate to the topic, but like, I have like a vivid childhood memory of this and like, call me bonkers. It could have been a dream. It could have been like a completely fabricated experience. So, um, cause I, things are weird when you're a kid, like you can like, you can't necessarily like recall things accurately. Yeah. But um, it's in the same vein. Just I remembered it because you said you were like in the car, sort of like asleep. And I have like this childhood memory, which I, it, it, it's confusing because it, it can't be rationalized. And obviously, other people probably would have seen it. But I had basically, I was like asleep in the car, uh, probably was like five or something like around the age range where you can like sort of form memories, but not like really, things are kind of choppy. But I, I'm pretty sure it was like the 4th of July or something like that, because I thought I was seeing like 
colors in the sky, which kids see weird things anyway. So I could have just been like, um, I don't know, fucking hallucinating. But um, I swear to God, in the fireworks, in the sky, I like rainbow, like one dot, like at a time, like in the stars almost. I fucking saw Jesus's face looking down on me. And I swear that's crazy, but I've always had that memory of literally Jesus looking at me from the sky. The crazy thing is I've never been, like my family's never really been religious. So it's not like I could, I was just like thinking about Jesus all the time. And same with another childhood experience where I uh, apparently told my family that I remembered life before I was born because I basically told them that I remembered our house from before and they were like before what and I was like oh like before before I um came to you and they were like what the fuck and I was like yeah I flew over this house like a bird in the sky and they were like oh my god so I don't know I feel like kids especially um are more open to these realms whether they're like psychedelic or kind of spooky or there's something that children have that I feel like we as adults lose and maybe that sort of ties in with the the third eye concept because again that's sort of like your intuition tapping into your higher self your truest self and I feel like for our for the most part as children we were our truest selves a lot of people in the society sort of lose um lose track of what's important but when you're you were kids you knew what was important it was like being happy and like your friends and family your hobbies and things like that but then you get sort of like indoctrinated into the society we live in and things suck yeah i agree with you I, our society definitely poisons us and um going back to like my truest self before i was poisoned like by society is definitely a goal for me for sure i feel like that's something everyone needs to work on because i feel like not only were we poisoned by society but like society poisoned everyone around us who basically raised us so that you have like these people who are just like kind of toxic because they're products of society and then like toxic people can't help but like put a little toxic into your children and like literally know how like no matter how unproblematic your parent is i'm sure they've done at least like a few things to traumatize you that like goes for everybody so and then kid even just kids in general as kids could be mean like there's just so much trauma a single human being can go through so i don't know i feel like healing your inner child is something we should always work on because i don't know even for the longest time like i thought i would had healed myself because i was like okay like i've been working on my issues and yada 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 but even still like it'll just come up especially if it's like the full moon i'll just like my insecurities will be like at their peak and it's interesting because that's not our true selves and like you could very much like tell that that's not your true self uh so it's sort of like a challenge that we all have to sort of not navigate ourselves and steer ourselves back towards like the highest version of ourselves 
Yeah, I feel that. I definitely think, like, based on the messages I've been receiving from the um, Mother Eye, that she's definitely, like, there with us and helping us get there. Um, and, yeah, we're definitely, we definitely have a lot of inner child healing to do. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, that, that should be everyone's um, homework from today's pod. Um, when you listen to this, go hear, heal your inner child. Um, that's kind of vague and not specific. And I feel like yeah. that could look at like look like a lot of things, whether it's just like meditating or like unpacking like an experience you had or getting in touch with something you used to enjoy. Uh, whether that's like a food or like a hobby or something you used to do as a kid or just like run around and be crazy and childish like I don't think there should be anything wrong with adults acting childish as long as they're like not hurting anyone yeah I agree everyone wants to take things way too seriously all the time when there's no need for that Right, and I'm definitely guilty of that. I will take things way too seriously and not even realize it. This doesn't mean that you should invalidate what others say if they're like being serious about something. If something really means something to a person and you're like, you know, stepping on that, definitely like reevaluate what you're saying and like, we're not we're not saying just like go out and be disrespectful. Oh, we're just. For sure. Yeah, living your truth should never, like, hurt anyone else. I mean, if if another person obviously sort of crosses a boundary, it might. But for the most part, living your truth should should be doing you good and everyone good. But mainly, it should be just involving yourself. That reminds me of another interesting concept uh, that I've heard that, like, people who sort of like meditate or indulge in sort of like spiritual activities such as like fasting, chanting, yada yada, doing that done with spiritual intention. Um, I've heard people say that that has an effect on people in almost a 20 mile radius. They say that if if you're like practicing these good vibes that this like radiates to the environment around you and like that sounds like a little far-fetched but at the same time like that's something i would like to believe because i do very much believe that changing your inner reality is the first key to changing your outer reality and people who aren't uh spiritually or emotionally evolved um tend to have a problem like effectively fighting for change in the physical world because they don't have that level of emotional and like spiritual security and the knowledge that comes with that because I feel like once you have those things on lock you really learn how to like communicate and what once you're living your truth that sort of uplifts everyone else so I feel like that's an interesting concept of like focus on yourself and like all of the the love or whatever you pour into yourself radiates out whether or not you want to believe that it's a 20 mile radius or not like obviously when you're having a better day other people can feel that yeah the um i agree with you um with everything you said and like it the 20 mile radius does sound far-fetched but i feel like even if it's not true like still 
still like um focus on those good vibes and like meditate on it and stuff it's um only beneficial even if it's only to yourself you know exactly but you also have to remember about shadow work and you have to remember that like the shadow work and um hailing the inner child is not gonna be like it's gonna be lengthy process but it's gonna be a forever process really like you're never gonna stop well if you stop that's on you but like once you like start you should keep going you can't have that because once you pause you just go back you go backwards that's so true mm-hmm. yeah I, it, it's like frustrating almost exactly because i feel like once you're sort of like determined to like approve upon yourself and like heal that inner child um yeah, I, th- I think people, there's a misconception that spirituality is all love and light. And I normally I warn people if you find someone whose like spiritual practice is like all love and light, like they can't even like perceive of like darkness in the world, like run away because that's not someone you want to listen to. Because I feel like the spiritual process for me, the awakening for me, is not easy and I feel like for most people it's not easy and I feel like there's definitely times where if you find yourself really like delving into this realm there's you can experience periods of prolonged bliss because you're feeling very connected with the universe but you also can experience periods of intense depression because you're also processing not only your pain from this lifetime but potentially thousands of lifetimes if you believe in reincarnation you're processing um all of these toxic things society is telling you like dealing with that is not easy it's hard you have to confront yourself and confront things that you don't necessarily like about yourself and like the more you do it the more you think you're healed but i'm telling you it just comes right back around and you just have to like be ready to fight it then because um, just like number nine said, you have to you have to be on top of it because if you don't, if if you're not committed to living that lifestyle, you could just as easily slip back into old ways. Right, and yeah. that kind of goes back to what um, eleven said in the first half that you can't just bust open your third eye because like you're probably gonna experience all this shadow stuff that's the first thing you're gonna experience probably if you just bust it open and you don't know where to where to hold on to yeah yeah you haven't done all of the inner work involved with your lower chakras so when you go right to the third eye it's like you're bombarded because if you start with your root chakra for the most part the root chakra is where a lot of these insecurities, especially the insecurities from childhood, because um, the root has to do a lot with like your physical environment, like whether you feel safe or not, whether you feel provided for, whether you feel like comfortable in your own skin. Uh, So that's where a lot of people's insecurities lie. So if you don't, again, start from the base and just before you start trying to like see into other realms and have psychedelic experiences and yada 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 like 
focus on like your very base level human need of just like wanting to feel loved and provided for and like try to make yourself feel that yeah and um with a lot of these love and light people a lot of what they do is basically just spiritual bypassing that they're just using spiritual terms and spiritual um, tools to make themselves feel better when feeling good isn't always the point. Sometimes you're meant to feel bad. And that's really something that you have to sit with if you're um, really having a serious spiritual practice is sometimes you are going to face long bouts of sadness or just really like having trauma brought up that you have to deal with if not it's not going to those feelings are never going to be dealt with and they're always going to be bubbling under the surface exactly and a lot of that is sometimes we might just think we're feeling sad or down or depressed or angry for no reason but a lot of that times we're being triggered the universe is trying to stir up these things to be healed for us if you look at astrological transits like a lot of these transits like earlier i mentioned the new moon the full moon does this to me but certain like astrological transits these are all sort of meant to be stirring up different things and a lot of them if, if you're really in tuned with it will help you heal and again like i said it won't always be pretty but there, there are opportunities for release and the universe likes to give you these opportunities for release but if you aren't thinking about them if you're trying to uh, bury them under some um, some sort of like substance or person or whatever you're, you're not going to get that message but it's there mm-hmm. and definitely like just to clear up for some of the people listening that might not be familiar with the term shadow work. Um, basically, it's dealing with those aspects of your own personality that you've denied, disowned, suppressed, or what have you, because they trigger something. Yeah. No, no, I highly recommend. Highly recommend shadow work. Um, <laughs> 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Um, not always a good time, but like, a good a good idea a good practice a good philosophy in this life and it helps with that eternal growth one is supposed to go with through exactly yeah we're here to to learn things first and foremost yeah because we're all fragmented beings that are trying to become whole again and i feel like that's one of the many like purposes of life We're all just trying to return to the mother eye. We're all just teardrops from the mother eye trying to come home. We we are we are in the lake of 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 living. (laughs) That's what Earth is basically. Yeah. A giant lake. We are the lake of the tears from the gods. Um, that's why it's so painful being alive. It really is. Life is pain. Life is pain. Um, You're not going to get this from every spiritual podcast, but we like to keep it real with you. Life is pain. But pain doesn't have to be suffering, and that's when you get into Hinduism and Buddhism. Pain doesn't have to be suffering. 
and I don't know, human beings just like to make themselves suffer. Yeah, they they do. Because we we tend to like roll around in our pain and like or just like bury it or put things on top of our pain that like makes it more painful. Because it's it's always gonna be painful. But if, if we start dealing with it, then it's just going to be pain. It doesn't have to necessarily be this prolonged suffering of an eternity. Yeah, so essentially, um, shadow work is important, guys, because it leads to growth. When if you keep on working on this growth you got you're gonna essentially get to your most authentic self and by doing that you're gonna allow your manifestations to actually happen like in a good way so focus on that shadow work and growth guys yeah you you mentioned the word manifestations and uh that sort of i feel like that's a very spiritual like buzzword right now that's something that um, everyone, when they think of this sort of new age spirituality nowadays, they're sort of like, oh, well, I want to be able to manifest things like the law of attraction. But you brought up a good point of you're not going to be able to manifest things if you don't deal with your shadow. Because for the, for the most part, we don't you don't truly begin to be aware of or access your true power as as a person until you sort of delve into those things and a lot of times we have these doubts and whatnot that sort of plague our minds that sort of keep us from manifesting things and obviously like you you can want to manifest something really bad and be a great manifester and it still won't manifest just because that's not like in your life plan or whatever but uh yeah, I think, I think it's important to mention that as another sort of love and light spirituality term that we might want to avoid because, yeah, I, I don't think manifestation is important and you can do it, but that should not be the main focus of your spiritual practice. And yeah, again, I feel like manifestation sort of falls in with third eye as well because that's another spiritual buzzword. Every People are familiar with manifestations and third eyes and whatnot, but they have a very surface level understanding of them. So I think it's important that we just like invite ourselves to learn more about these things and recognize that it's not just like, like white girls with henna tattoos who like talk about this on the internet. It's, it's very much an ancient spiritual practice where we've, uh, learned these arts of meditation these arts of healing manifestation opening our third eye balancing our chakras but because of the society that we live in we're sort of getting sold these things without any of the real benefits or the real knowledge of how deep it actually is yeah and there's definitely i definitely agree because like um, you brought up before there's a lot of I wouldn't really say like fake woke people but like there's a lot of like starting woke people that don't really push for growth and doing this shadow work in order for you to like do this stuff 
in order for you to like actually be able to manifest and yeah um and with a lot of the beginning people i don't really blame them for it because like if you're in the beginning of your spiritual practice the first thing that you do is you start googling you start looking up on yes yes we are not trashing the babies at all because Mm -mm. that's where everyone starts but i'm just saying if you resonate with that like if you feel like this sort of beginning phase applies to you that just means like you're at the time where you get to learn more and do more deeper research and i feel like that's exciting because i don't feel like we all necessarily started on this like harrowing quest to like um heal our inner child and like face our shadow like no one ever started their spiritual path for that that's something you discover along the way if you're lucky and you actually reach the depth and the core of the issue but to start with you're kind of just like oh like this thing is interesting like this is quirky like yeah and yeah we definitely don't want to like shame anyone who's just starting out because they're they're just use um doing whatever they find whatever the algorithms are giving them but who, who i really do want to like call out is these like lifestyle coaches that are using these ancient practices and putting their own spin on it like, like these law of attraction people that are like if you take my course then you'll be rich in five days yes oh my gosh no that's another thing like red flag words because we had mentioned some earlier law of attraction is kind of a red flag word um yes if you delve into the law of the attraction there's definitely some truth to that but also manifesting should not be your biggest concern and i would say another red flag word um shoot i just i had it on like the tip of my tongue well meanwhile you remember um yeah something that you should be wary of is people that try to sell you the idea that what you should be manifesting is money or a partner stuff like that oh that just reminded me my other red flag word the other red flag word is twin flame do not buy that shit never buy that shit have whatever romantic delusion you want to have because trust me i have plenty of romantic delusions however do not fall for the twin flame thing because it very much sells you this idea that you're that sort of toxic relationships are healthy and that the person um, you're meant to be with will run away from you and won't face you and you'll have difficulties with and sure there's difficulties within all relationships however if that's the foundation don't don't endure it because you think that's your twin flame because yeah i think a lot of us get lost in trying to find love and manifest love and i'm such a hopeless romantic i really i i really get it but there's bigger things out there there's bigger fish to fry so is the twin flame like a fiery passionate um yeah i would say it would be fiery and passionate for sure but with that there also comes like this element of toxicity and with that concept i i'm not super well researched on it just because once i realized it wasn't a good thing to get into i just sort of stopped looking into it 
Um, but that's something that a lot of people are obsessed with because they want to find their twin flame or their soulmate. But they give you these sort of steps that, okay, there's like a step where you're together and then there's a step where one partner runs away and then there's a step where one part where you come back and then you like there's this whole like step-by-step process of how it's supposed to go and a lot of it is just selling women this idea of a toxic partner of having to wait and work hard and deal with like toxic behavior from men and yeah I just don't think people should be following that term anymore because a lot of it is just mumbo jumbo that's meant to distract yourself and like I don't know I've I have friends who thought they've found their twin flames and even when I was like really early on like that was something that I like had in mind of like oh like a twin flame but that most of the time if you have to ask yourself if someone's your soulmate or your twin flame they're probably not so yeah, that's just something I like to caution people on. While we're on the topic of warning people, um, something else that people on their, like in the beginning of their spiritual journey have to look out for is if YouTubers make mostly top 10 videos, but they're like spiritual top 10s, like top 10 signs, you're a indigo child, top 10 signs, yes. you're meeting your soul flame, top 10 signs, your third eye is opening tonight, stuff like that. Like, that's something you have to look out for. Yeah, just the, the language. Yeah, D- discernment. I think that's a big thing. And that's another element of the third eye is discernment. Because discernment is sort of like you're making your judgment, but you're also using your intuition. So you're not just like judging everybody, but you can sort of feel into an energy of a situation. And, and you can sort of tell by what you know um, whether that situation is going to be toxic for you or not, and whether you want to engage with that. Because another thing that's important to learn in spirituality is boundaries. It, especially if you're a really empathetic person, you might be letting people in your life who are a little bit toxic, uh, just because you have a big heart and you want to help them. But yeah, I definitely recommend using discernment, tapping into the art of discernment. But especially. Um, when you're at the beginning of the the spiritual path uh, that's something that could be very beneficial to you because there's definitely going to be a lot of um, teachers life coaches gurus whatever trying to sell you this spiritual idea repackaged and you can sort of feel the authenticity of these people you can sort of feel if, if they're gimmicky or if their heart's in it so if something feels fishy to you there probably is And I would just recognize that and move on at that point Um, because there is real gurus and teachers and coaches or whatever out there. But a lot of times they're not going to be doing it to glorify themselves. They're going to be saying, oh, well, I may be a good teacher, but I learned all of this from my teacher and my teacher learned all of this from his teacher. And we are only studying, you know, ancient knowledge, science, you know, very ancient proven things. So if someone's sort of just speaking out without seeming like they have a really strong basis for what they're saying, or even necessarily like a passion for what they're saying, then I would be really concerned. I love that um, top 10 reasons why your your thirst eye is opening tonight. I, I really think like those are, yeah. 
Right. I think those are like I love that. I love that somebody <laughs> could look at that and be like, yeah, this feels like this feels like Hindi scripture to me. <laughs> <laughs> right. At best, these motherfuckers are corny. At worst, they're just like misguiding to people who are probably genu- genuinely like looking for help and education. So yeah, I I think as much as it's fun. Uh, to be looking into these things, whether you're an indigo child or not. That was another big one. When I was in in my teens, I was very like, oh, like indigo child, this and that. Like, it doesn't matter if you're a fucking indigo child. If anything, it just means you're a nerd and you probably need to like, I don't know, uh, socialize yourself. Cause that's probably what it meant for me. <laughs> something 13 brought up that is something so important that we have to highlight is with spiritual people especially if they're talking about a pre-existing like pre-practice that has existed before them something ancient like hinduism or hoodoo um you have to look at their lineage in terms of who taught them what and what were their teachers teachers and if they don't have that um spiritual lineage of being able to tell you this is who I learned this from, and they learned that from this person, then you really have, that's a big red flag. Absolutely. Because within these traditions, sure, there's like different interpretations of certain texts or whatnot. And like their interpretations are based on sort of living this lifestyle their whole lives, being very taught in this tradition maybe being like a monk their whole lives um, and getting all of this information and reading all of this literature. And then they sort of, the masters begin to write their commentary and teach their students. They don't start that at a super young age. It's not like there's some 22 year old YouTuber who like found out what this thing was the other day and thought they'd make a video of it. It's like they have the authority to speak on these things. But if you think about it, anybody can interpret anything anyways. Like, plenty of people read the Bible and were like, hmm, like, I think that God is telling me to kill someone. Like, crazy people can believe anything from what they read. And so that very much goes for these things. Like, sure, you can read something and form your own opinion, but if you're, like, out there trying to preach that to people uh, without having really any credentials or without having lived this, it's alarming. Yeah, I sort of, I think that sort of brings us into this point of the commodification of spirituality because this is all sort of happening because people are trying to sell and repackage these ancient concepts instead of just sort of pointing us directly to the source. It's like, oh, this is my new lifestyle brand. I'm trying to be an influencer. Like, yes, I think it's good if you're truly passionate about these subjects. There's nothing wrong with like learning about these things and like becoming a teacher or a coach or whatever for a living, but don't do that prematurely. Don't make that your goal. Don't learn about the chakras and immediately think it's your purpose to educate the whole world on them. That's, yeah, that's really, that seems really important. Like the commodification of spirituality is something that I think um, we've all sort of experienced. Um, I can definitely say 
Uh, I've definitely seen like places like uh, Urban Outfitters or something like selling like busts of the Buddha or like something like something really like inane like um, Namaste sweatshirt feels very like <laughs> feels like, like for from forever 21 like namaste okay <laughs> yeah. i was like witch boxes one of those white girl mugs um a couple weeks ago just because i thought it was funny like ironically but like stuff like this makes me cringe like i got it just cuz it was fitting but it was at marshalls which again it's one of those places that will easily be like oh here's a salt lamp like here's a bust of the buddha here's like a million other random things you don't need but um it was something along the lines of like all i do is namaste home with my dog oh and my I was god like, <laughs> yeah i was like that's accurate for me like that's that, that was made for you that's yeah no cute. it literally was so i got I, it but I exactly think... it's it's commodified and not just that but especially i hate to roast um people because i'm definitely one of these girls and there's definitely a lot of these girls in the circles i run in but it's very everybody's got to have their crystals and i don't think there's anything wrong with learning about crystal healing and loving crystals because i think that's so awesome and i have way too many crystals as it is but that's that's another thing that everyone's just like they they know the very surface level so they're just like oh like I'm a buyer of rose quartz because I want love. Tee hee hee. Oh my goodness. I don't want negativity in my life. I'm going to go buy a bundle of sage. And then, but then you sort of get into these conversations where people um, want to argue that sage might be considered cultural appropriation because that's a Native American practice and that um, white sage is um, endangered in certain ways. And that's not my place to, to speak and I don't really police people on those issues so like burn whatever the fuck you want but like it's important to think about these things and especially respect the tradition they're coming from whether it's the Native Americans or Indians or whatever because I know now as someone who considers themselves Hindu-ish I'm not gonna say fully Hindu just because I wasn't born into that tradition and I don't feel like I'm as red as I'd like to be, although I am red in the subject. But in, in that culture, you know, people in America want to think of that as a very like primitive culture because they have all of these gods that are so scary looking with all of these heads and arms. And we came from a culture that doesn't necessarily understand or respect these things so it's really important that you do the work yourself to find out what you can do to really respect this culture and not just like commodify it yourself yeah i think um you touch on something like the crystal healing there's like a there's like a certain popularity with spirituality that like feels really of the moment um like i think co-star is like one of the most downloaded apps right now um everybody and their mom is doing tarot reading uh there's like i think astrology like so astrology tarot like it seems like there's just a lot of interest in spirituality but um you're right to point out like there's a difference between a superficial understanding and i don't think there's really anything wrong with like um 
you know, wanting to get into something and like, yeah, we all have to start somewhere and maybe you need to start by downloading a CoStar app to get into astrology. But um, there's a difference between like, you have to have like some sort of self-awareness, I think is maybe what we're suggesting in this. Like you have to know, like if you want to get into Hinduism, like you're not going to, you know, read one blog post about it and be like, oh, got it, I've got Hinduism, now let me put the bindi on and wear a sari to my next uh, corporate event. No, you actually have to like uh, think about maybe like where things are being manufactured, um, like what books you're reading and that sort of thing so that you can like, you know, like come in with like some sort of respect for the people who who have like practiced this tradition and like try and avoid like unless it's like ironic which is totally fine or because it's like uh like because like like but like just be self-aware about like purchases that seem to be like overtly capitalizing on a on a spirituality trend yeah um and yeah self-awareness is definitely key and being aware enough not to um, reduce your entire spirituality to an aesthetic or um, a Instagram guide or something that you saw on TikTok. Um, TikTok um, is right now kind of a hot topic with like witch talk and like all of these baby witches um, starting out and like getting all this contradictory information which um, contradictions are part of spirituality but I, they're not at that point where they're like ready to I mean I'm more forgiving of witches because it's like a fab it's like it's a tradition that is sort of DIY yeah DIY we need more DIY stuff though but like you don't need tarot cards to do divination um let's uplift types of divination that don't involve purchasing stuff that you don't already have yeah no that's true but okay but and i i'm i'm also one of the people who like all the queers are reading tarot i have a tarot deck um like it's not yeah it's it's really yeah like we're definitely all the queens of commodifying spiritual culture here but i also feel like we could also have these conversations and be aware. So that's why we're not like fully shitting on people who do this because I think it's cool. Like, of, of course that's something people are interested in. It's like genuinely interesting, but you also can sort of realize that um, psychic readings aren't exactly it either. Cause honestly, to, to tell on myself a little, there was definitely a time in my life where, um, I would seek out sort of tarot readings or seeing psychics or palm readings or whatever to sort of try to get information that would like validate me and like would tell me what I want to hear. But these things aren't always going to tell you what you want to hear and they aren't going to necessarily tell you information that's correct, especially if you're just starting to learn or if you're seeing um, a psychic or someone who doesn't necessarily necessarily um with psychics not not all of them are real not all of them 
have good practice. So that's sort of something you have to be careful with because once you sort of start playing with this idea of fate and destiny, it can be very hurtful because sort of once you get in your mind, like for example, I had a tarot card reader, not a tarot card reader, a palm reader tell me I wasn't going to get married. And I went to a palm reader specifically hoping they would tell me I would get married because that's a really big insecurity I have about like just like being alone or whatever. So that's sort of like back in, in the back of my head all the time. And I don't think this is a very good palm reader. And personally, I trust Vedic palm readers more than I trust like white ladies at the Aquarian bookshop. But um, yeah, I think I think it's important to caution people to about, um, and again, it's not to scare anyone, but there are certain things you have to be careful about meddling with. And one of them is your future destiny, et cetera. And another one is, you were just talking about witch talk. With witchcraft, there's certain things you need to be more careful with than others, like spiritualities, because you're casting spells or doing, doing things that could potentially do harm to yourself or others if you don't do it correctly. So yeah, I just, I recommend, again, just educating yourself and don't like search out these spiritual topics to fill a void because it's definitely easy to do. And uh, divination and psychic reading is just the surface of, of the issue because the deep spirituality will really help you. But the surface level spirituality is just going to keep perpetuating your issues over and over. Yeah, another warning um, to give out is if you go to a psychic or a tarot reader, palm reader, any of that type of people, and they tell you that you have a curse and only they can get rid of it, like run. Yeah, that would be oh. called oh. a <laughs> That would be called they're literally trying about to get ripped off. So yeah. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I... I think you just need to like have some humility and I think a lot of people do things I think like a lot of people do things in good fun and with like an air of self-awareness that they're not like really delving into like serious spiritual notions and I think um, they just you just have to be smart and distinguish like distinguish yourself from the like the self-aware all in good fun versus the like really serious or and or the not self-aware not actually sure what they're doing I think those people exist too for sure Now that your thirst eye has been busted open, make sure to tune in next week because, oh boy, we found some cataracts and you need to get those removed. Stay tuned for the next episode where we'll be giving you optical surgery through your ears. This has been number 19, and my intention is to return to the source. Number 13, your intention? So my intention is to keep continuing down the road of shadow work. I feel like we talked about that a lot today. Um, and that might not necessarily be exactly the 
the meaning and the point of the third eye. But I feel like it sort of plays into that because I feel like the concept of a third eye is a larger way for people to be introduced into spirituality. And I feel like we really talked about a lot of those things today. And we sort of talked about uh, starting at these base levels of spirituality and moving into these deeper levels of spirituality that actually help us. And yes, I hope just to sink deeper into my spiritual practice whether that's like meditating and um, chanting Japa every day, um, continuing to read Hindu holy books, and yeah, uh, continue with the shadow work because that's the hardest thing. And you don't necessarily realize that you need healing all of the time until until you you feel it. So yeah, I think it's important to just keep doing that and just keep loving yourself and keep pushing through and making that progress. And I hope we can all do the same. This has been Agent 11, and I really intend to just keep on challenging people's pre-existing um, beliefs, really stir the pot, be kind of quirky, keep on, as 13 said, doing that shadow work, nurture my inner child, and all that good stuff. This is number seven. My intention is to open my thrussy. That's my thirst eye in my bussy. Agent nine here. My intention is to fly with three, dissolve through six, and forge into nine. All right, this has been our thirst episode. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at thirst I. That is the number three, the letter S, T afterwards, and then I, E Y E. All right, have a good week, everybody. Bye.